0: And everyone said together, Amen and Amen. God is faithful, Amen. He is good in spite of our circumstances. I remember praying a prayer just New Year's Day. We were praying for our meal, and I said, God, I thank you that you did not change the calendar to be 13 1 2020. I couldn't deal with another month of 2020, but I'm thankful for one 2021 and if you were uh, like me and you've, and you've had to write a check already this year, doesn't it feel good to put that 1 at the end of that date? Nobody else. Okay, I guess PCN is going to stay in 2020. God help us. (laughs) No, I'm glad you're here. Welcome to church. My name is BJ. I'm the lead pastor here at PCN, and it's my privilege to bring God's word to us this morning. And I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Mark. If you have a, a bulletin and you want to take notes and follow along, you can do that in your outline. If you're watching online, we welcome you to church this morning. And it is so good to be able to worship in so many different avenues this morning. And so if you received your bulletin electronically and you're following along online, we hope to get all those blanks filled in as the Spirit leads us to. I wanted to begin this series this this month entitled Back to the Basics. And, And I was planning and intending to go a different direction in January, and God just really switched my thinking in recent weeks and And I realized that we almost need a reset in our faith. We need a reset in in our church to really just say, you know what? What do we really need to get back to that's foundational of who we are as Christ followers? As Christ followers. And, And what is that reminder that will help us as we start a new year to really take off on the right foot Of getting back to the basics and so I started thinking about that that idea of getting back to the basics or getting back to the foundational elements and I can't help but think about sports when it comes to that and one of the the sports that I always go back to when I think of foundational components of sports is baseball and baseball is a very fundamental foundational sport and I remember growing up being a little guy about the age of four or five, when I first started playing baseball, and I remember my dad taking me out to the yard and, and getting me a new glove, and I was scared of the ball at first. You know how it is, Doug. You just got to get, get used to it. And so my dad loved me so much that he started me with a tennis ball, and he'd throw that tennis ball at my face 10, 12 times before I get used to it. Are you guys awake? No, it wasn't that way. But he taught me how to catch and use that glove to catch that ball. And then he taught me the proper way to throw and to, to follow through so I'd get more velocity and more speed and I could throw it further as I followed through. And then, then as I continued to progress in the game, he taught me how to hold the bat properly so that I could swing at that ball and hit it when it was my turn. Then he, then he taught me how to field a ground ball and the basics of, of getting in the right form and making sure that I'm ready to go head up. And, you know, I won't use the words that we used in church with kids present. But you know what I'm talking about. And you get into that, that foundational stance of being ready at all times. And, and it was ingrained in me in the game of baseball that fundamentals mattered. And as I progressed in the game and I, and I got older and I began to, to get better at the game, there were times when I would go through what we call a slump in the sport. You couldn't, couldn't hit the ball, couldn't catch the ball, couldn't seem to throw it to the right place at the right time. And it, and it would drive you nuts because you knew the basics. And you couldn't execute The basics. And I remember many times when that would take place that coaches would come to me and say, You know what? Come in early. Why? We're going to go over the basics. We're going to strip everything back down to the fundamentals of how to play the game, of how to do things right. You see, in baseball, we must learn the basics so we can play the game. We must learn the basics so we can play the game. If you're taking notes, you can jot that down and fill in those blanks. As I've gotten older, my playing days of playing baseball are over. I was teaching kids to play and coaching my sons and my daughter and how to play and helping them to learn the basics. And then as they've gotten older, I've tended to, to fade out of that role in, in my life as well. But I know what the basics are and I know how to get back to something that's foundational in order to continue to progress. Maybe for you, it's not sports. Maybe for you, it's not baseball. And and that doesn't doesn't ring true. And you're, you're having a hard time with me this morning to really relate to what I'm talking about with this. But I think about other things in life too, that we must have a foundational element in order to continue to grow and to take that next step. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's a pastime for you. Maybe it's a tradition or a habit in your family. I'm not a a car guy, but I can only imagine that those of you that are, you've got to have a basic understanding of how things work, and how the engine works, and how the different parts work together, and, and you've got to have a basic understanding of working on cars in order to fix cars, am I right? No? Thank you, thank you, appreciate that. You've got to understand that there's a basic element, I think about that with cooking, We have so many good cooks and bakers in this church. I thank you for those goodies this Christmas season. Please don't be offended when I talk about in a sermon about just going to the counter and doing this because we couldn't eat them all, amen? But there's a basic fundamental principle to cooking and and baking. There's, There's a recipe for a reason. You know what I'm talking about? Follow the steps one by one by one. I love recipes. It makes me a good cook when I can follow a recipe. And I'm not a good cook. (laughs) But it's it's one of those things that we get back to the basics. And I'm so thankful that as we try to get back to the basics in our Christian walk, we can turn to the Bible. Because the Bible is our handbook for the basics. The Bible is our handbook for the basics. In our text today, we're going to read about some of the greatest commandments when somebody asked Jesus this question. So I want us to look a little bit closer to God's Word this morning from Mark's Gospel, chapter 12. I want to begin reading with verse number 28. You follow along as I read from Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all of the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And then from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. Would you pray with me this morning? God, I thank you for your word. Your word is true. Your word is active. Your word did not go to sleep after it was written. We are still able to look to your word this morning to help us to reset, in a sense, to help us to refocus on some basics, on some fundamentals of what it means to follow after you. God, I pray that your word would speak to us and speak to our hearts, that your word would be sharp, that it would convict us, that it would pierce us, that it would encourage us and help us to move forward together. We give you this time and we ask you to use it in Jesus' name, amen. It's a new year. Praise the Lord. Amen? Can we just give the Lord a hand clap for that? It's a new year. I'm excited for this new year. This is great news. It's a new beginning. It's a new opportunity. It's a fresh start for everyone. And as we turn the page on the calendar this past weekend, it does not mean that just because things have changed over, that now... Everyone is going to know exactly how to live. Everyone is going to know exactly what they need. And they're going to be just flooding PCN because PCN's the place to be, amen? No, that's not how it works. Unfortunately, we are not like a gym membership. You know, if you go across the street here, either direction, there's a couple gyms here. And this week, they are going to be packed full. February 1st, they'll be about 50%. But the church isn't that, isn't that easy. It's not that easy for, because, and this is, this is crazy, and, and this is free, okay? This isn't in my notes, so I'm kind of going off, off script here. Believe it or not, we live in a world and in a society, to, society today that is post-Christian, Okay? Post-Christian. What that means is that there are people, there is a generation of people today that don't know the basics of Scripture, of the Bible, of church. Okay? You can go on the street, and it used to be that even, I would say, even as, as early as maybe even 10 years ago, you could go on the street or go into Walmart or go into and have a conversation with somebody who's not a Christ follower, and you could mention a Bible story, a classic Daniel's in, Daniel and the lion's den. Adam and Eve. Jonah. And people would know what you were talking about. Now, you can go in and have a very similar conversation, a very common understanding for us that have grown up in the church and, and think this is common knowledge. And you could mention Jonah in Walmart, and people just think that's the, that's the neighbor that you grill out with. They have no clue. You see... People are not, breaking down the doors of churches January 1, 2021, because they realize we have what they need. It's just not happening. They're not coming in expecting to find what they're looking for. Here's why, because really, they don't know that they're looking for something. And we as the church, we as God's people, we as Christ followers must get back to the basics so that others can see God's love and His purpose through our lives. Amen? How do we do that, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Basic number one that I want to talk to us this morning about is seeking the lost, seeking the lost. In order for us as Christians, as Christ followers, to get back to the basics, one of the foundational elements of being a Christ follower is to seek out the lost. And what do I mean by the lost? Let me define that for us. The lost are those that don't realize they need Jesus in their life. Because we all know those people out there that are good people, amen? We could take a poll today and we could talk about those people in our lives, those people that we interact with, Are they going to church? No, they're not going to church, but they're good people. We've said that about some of our friends. You know, when I say that, somebody comes to your mind. They're good people. They're good people. And they may even tell you, if you were to survey them, they're Christians. Here's the problem with that definition or that understanding of Christians. Christian means, literally means little Christ. It means Christ follower. But in our society today, that term Christian just means that I know that there is a God or I acknowledge that there is a God. So let me help you in something that I'm going to be striving for as I get back to the basics as your pastor, is I don't want to label people as Christians anymore. I want to be very intentional. Intentional. Because I believe that God wants to help us to take that next step in our faith journey. Whatever that step is, we all have a next step to take. Amen? All in favor say aye. Anybody here in heaven right now? No. Therefore, everyone can take one more step. Everyone. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your experience. It doesn't matter where you're at in your journey. Today is the day you can commit to take the next step. So, here's my new definition, my new understanding of what it means to be a Christian. I want to get back to the basics of saying, you know what? Are you a Christ follower or are you a Christ admirer? I know about him. I I acknowledge there's something out there. But am I doing what it takes to follow him? So when we talk about seeking the lost, when we talk about going out and seeking the lost, the lost are those people that may call themselves Christians. Let me just be very blunt with you today, okay? If you're talking to somebody that, "Yeah, I'm a Christian." You can't stop anymore. You can't just go on your way and say, "Whoop, they're good." It begins that relationship of deciding Let's figure out this next step. Let's get back to the basics. Let's let's seek out a relationship. Let's seek out going the next step with them. So the first basic that we as Christ followers need to get back to is seeking the lost. And how do we do that? The first example we see in Scripture is this. We need to be the good Samaritan. We need to be the Good Samaritan. The story of the Good Samaritan is one of those stories in Scripture that it's easy for us to point to as one to get us back to the basics. You can go in your Bibles later this afternoon this week and read this story. Luke chapter 10 is where you'll find it. Luke 10, jot that down if you want to. 25 through 37. It's the the account of this story. And Jesus is telling us a parable. A parable is just simply a story. And he's telling us this story about being a good neighbor and who, whom we are to love as a good neighbor. Let me recap some of these details for you and give you the, the BJ Digest version of it, okay? I want you to go read it so you make sure your pastor's telling you the truth. Amen? All in favor say aye. aye. Thank you. Luke 10, here we go. A man was robbed, he was beaten, and he was left for dead on the side of the road. Quick version Somebody of prominence in the community, a priest, is walking down the same street. The Bible says he sees the man and crosses to the other side. A priest. Jesus goes on in the story. He says another man was walking down the street. He was a Levite. What's a Levite? A Levite is an assistant to the priest. He was on staff at the church. He's walking down the same road, sees the man, and crosses to the other side. A priest and a Levite. If they can't get it, where is our hope? Amen? And then Jesus continues. He says a good Samaritan was walking down that same road. Here's what you need to know about that. A Samaritan and a Jew, they don't get along. There's conflict. There's social conflict injustice can i be so bold to no i won't even go there the samaritan is walking down the street he sees this jewish man in the road beaten bloody hurting nothing left almost to die and the samaritan gets down on his knees and fixes his wounds the jewish man He crosses every social barrier. He crosses every political barrier. He crosses every line that we're told not to cross. And the good Samaritan gets down, fixes his wounds, puts him on his own donkey, sets him in his own vehicle, takes him to the nearest place to get care, puts him up in a room and tells the innkeeper, take care of his needs, I'll come back and settle accounts with you later. And Jesus says to the crowd as he's teaching him, the good Samaritan went and met these needs. And Jesus says, who was this man's neighbor? Who showed love? Who practiced the basics for this man? And the response was the good Samaritan did. And Jesus says this, and this is the basic that we must live out. Jesus says this: go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Get get what Jesus did not say. Jesus did not say, stay in your pew and do nothing. Ooh, it got quiet. Jesus did not say, stay in your home and shut everything out. Jesus did not say, go and try your hardest to be the person that you can be. No. He said, go and do likewise. What does that mean? That means go and love without boundaries. Go and do what the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do. Go and seek out the need. Seek out the lost, the broken, the hurting. Care for them, love them, and here's the catch do it without expecting anything in return. I have a pretty good premonition that the Good Samaritan, when he went back later to settle accounts, that he didn't send that guy a bill. He saw a need. He sought it out. And then he went beyond to take the next step. And Jesus says, Go and do likewise. The basic we must get back to is we must seek the lost. We must be a good Samaritan. We also need to do this we need to live out the Great Commission. We need to live out the Great Commission. Matthew 28, very famous passage of Scripture for many of us. Jesus is giving us the commission to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey the commands of God. And the great commission comes with a promise that we must keep at the forefront of our thinking. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus is telling us this morning, we need to get back to the basics by going and doing. Go and do likewise. In the Great Commission, he says, go, and the first thing is he says, go and make disciples. Make disciples. This is is why I'm kind of getting on this, this soapbox this year. What is a disciple? Simply put, a disciple is a follower of someone else. You can be a disciple of so many different things. Those of you that know me, you know that I am a disciple of the Denver Broncos. Okay, It's, just, it's one of my flaws. I know that. And I live with that thorn in my side. I get it. But I follow them. I, I read the articles on them. I understand what, what they're trying to do. I try to get into their head. I, I, I watch them. I follow them. Believe it or not, I kind of get passionate about them. And I hate that. What are you a disciple of today? Jesus says, go and make disciples. He says, go and make disciples. How do you make a disciple? How do you make a follower? And he's saying, make them a disciple. Who is he wanting them to be a disciple of? He's wanting them to be a disciple of himself. Well, pastor, how can I go and make disciples of Jesus I'm just me. What do I have to to show them? I I can't lead them in this. Here's the key. Here's the basic principle that I want us to get today. When we begin to live life with others, we begin to go and with everyone around us. If we are a disciple, a follower of Christ, And we begin to share life with somebody else. And we say, come with me as we journey this life together. Guess what? They're going to be following Jesus too. Well, pastor, they didn't pray a prayer or go to an altar or commit their life. They may someday. But it starts by us following Jesus. And then when we come up upon a need as a good Samaritan, and we're supposed to do likewise, we pick up that person and we say, you know what? Come with me as I follow Jesus. And they begin to see our life. They begin to see how we're living. They begin to see how we're talking. They begin to see how we're caring for other people. And I guarantee you, at some point, the longer they hang out with you, they're going to start asking a question. Why are you doing this? Why did you fix their needs and set them up without expecting anything? I just about fell. Why? Well, because I follow this guy. Oh yeah, what's his YouTube channel? (laughs) His YouTube channel is at Holy Bible. His name's Jesus. And I'm talking to him every day. And I go to this place on the weekends that's really cool. We get to sing songs and we get to worship him and we get to talk to other people that are in the same boat as we are and they're on this journey together. Well, man, you're just a goody two-shoes. You're too perfect. I can't hang out with you anymore. No, 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 you got it all wrong. I'm broken and flawed, but somebody came and they did the same for me. And now I'm gonna go and do it for somebody else. Go and make Disciples. We are all disciples. But what are we following? What are we following? Let's get back to the basics of seeking the lost that don't know Jesus and make followers of Jesus out of them by living our life as followers of Jesus. Then we can go on this journey together. Well, we could stop right there. And some people could say, you know what, I went to church today and that was good. But I wouldn't have given you the whole story. Because it says go and make disciples, but then it also says something else. Go and make disciples and teach them to obey all of my commands. Teach them. Well, how is teaching a basic, Pastor? Teaching involves education. It involves so much more. I'm not at a place where I can teach somebody else how to do this. Maybe, maybe not, but here's what I will tell you. If you're willing to walk life with somebody, they're going to learn by watching you. They're going to be educated on how to live a life for God and to follow Him by what you're doing. Some of us may have just gotten it. What if I'm not doing it all the time? What if I'm not living for, for God the way that I should be? Well, then what are they learning? Aren't we thankful for God's grace? Help us, God, to get back to the basics. What's the basic? To seek out those that need you. Well, I'm not, I'm not this type A personality that can go do everything and talk to anybody and, and just lead them to Jesus and then it's over. I can't do that. That's fine. But as you follow Jesus, take somebody with you. Take somebody with you. I, I'm, I'm part of this, uh, this new cohort at Olivet and I'm taking some classes on leadership. And one of the foundational things that that we've learned in these first few weeks was this. They said, leadership is all about who you're following. And and the teacher, the professor is trying to teach all of us as how to be the best leaders we can be for our churches and for for our communities. And, And he stops and he says, you know what? It's not about leading at all. It's about who you're following. And I thought, boom, light bulb. As I follow Jesus, those people that are following me and they think that I'm their leader, I'm going to point them to Jesus. We can all do that. We can all be disciple makers. We can all teach them the ways of God by living life with them, seeking out the lost, by being a good Samaritan, by living out the Great Commission. And here's the promise that we must not lose sight of. You are not alone. Jesus promises that we are never alone. He's always going to be with us. And some of us take that and we own it and we claim it. And we love that promise. But there's others of us that struggle with that. Because you know what? Jesus isn't somebody... I've never smelt the breath of Jesus. I've never smelt his odor from walking all the times that he walked. I've never touched the... Piercings in his hands. I've never seen the flow of his hair. So how can I sit here and say, Jesus is with us always? His promises. And the closer that we follow him, the closer that we get into his word and we, and we read and we learn and we pray and we talk to him, he speaks to us through his spirit and that relationship begins to grow and we get that bond that is so intimate and so great that as we begin to go out and get back to the basics, people are saying, there's something weird about you. You got this imaginary friend that you're living for. What's the deal? Well, he's not imaginary. He's real. He saved me. He, he lifted me off the street when I was broken, and I was bloody, and I was hurting, and he made my life new, and he can do the same for you. We're never alone. We always have Jesus with us, but some of us need a little bit of help, and we need somebody physical that we can take with us. And I think that's true. I think that's what living life together is all about. And I believe for for us as a church, for anybody who calls PCN home, if we're not walking this life with somebody else, then we're doing it wrong. And we need to get back to the basics. We need to seek out somebody to journey with us. We need to walk together with somebody else. I was a, a, a brand new lead pastor In Iberia, Missouri. And if anybody knows where Iberia, Missouri is, it's literally the middle of nowhere, okay? But there are people there that love the Lord. And there are people there that are lost, that think they're Christians, but they're not following God. And I'm a first time lead pastor, and I get to this wonderful little church that had a great pastor that I followed and a great pastor's family that loved their community. But it had been about eight months since the McLeans had left Iberia when I got there. And as I got there, one of the dear, dear saints of this church, his name was Jack, called me up one day. I kid you not, the first week I was there, I hadn't even unpacked my underwear drawer yet. And he says, preacher, I need you to go with me. I said, sure, Jack, whatever you need. Let's go. Where are we going? He said, I met this lady at the gas station, and she doesn't know the Lord, and I just feel like we need to go pray for her. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, Jack, you're a, you've been a Christian longer than I've been alive, brother. You can probably handle this one on your own. But as a first-time lead pastor, new to the community, I was ready to go. I said, yeah, Jack, uh, I don't know where she lives. I don't know these roads. I said, can I ride with you? Yeah, I'll pick you up in 10 minutes. I'll be there. We'll go. I said, that's great. So he came by the house and he picked me up. And, and we started talking as we're driving out to this lady's house. And the more that I talked to Jack, the more that I realized he didn't know who this lady was. He'd just met her. He didn't know her needs. He just saw somebody who was broken and hurting And he wanted some help. He wanted somebody to go with him, to to share life with. I didn't need to go and pray for Jack. Jack knew how to pray. But he wanted somebody to be with him that confidence of knowing you're on the journey together with somebody. And we show up at this lady's house, if you want to call it that, and immediately I knew the need. It was messy. It was, mm. and Jack and I knocked on the door and we walked into this lady's home. She welcomed us in. She didn't try to sugarcoat her life. She didn't try to pretend that she had it all together. But as Jack introduced me as his pastor and he told her, ma'am, all that we want to do is pray for you. And we want you to know that we're here for you if you need anything. So we prayed for her and visited with her for a little bit. We were able to get her some food and make sure that her basic needs were taken care of. But that day, the basic that Jack lived out was that promise that there's always somebody to go with you, you're never alone. You're never. You never have to do this life by yourself. We were not created for isolation. We were not created to live on an island. We were not created to be Christ followers by ourselves. Look around. You're not here alone. Amen. You are not alone. And for us to get back to the basics, we got to stop believing the lie and the trap that says you're by yourself in this. We're not. When we know what something is about, getting back to the basics, seeking the lost. How are we gonna do that? We're gonna be a Good Samaritan. We're going to live out the Great Commission. We need to know what seeking the lost is not. Seeking the lost is not. Very quickly, a few things that I want us to make aware of today. Seeking the lost is not another program. It's not another program. Sometimes we see other churches, they begin programs, and especially through this pandemic and through all that's gone on, churches are having to restructure how they do life and how they do ministry. And there's many churches that, are, that have more resources and they have other things going on for them that they, that they shift and they start something new and it's wonderful and they work hard at it and they go hard at it and they believe God for big things and God blesses them and he uses them to reach the lost and the hurting and the broken and then we see it and we're like, we need that. And we go over there and we talk to them and we research it. We try to do some work. And then we try to take what they have because they've given us permission. And we try to plant it in our setting. And it doesn't work. Well, why didn't it work? Because we didn't get back to the basics. We just tried to copy somebody else's. See, Seeking the Lost is not about copying another ministry program. Or it's not about copying somebody else. Sometimes we feel like we just need something new because we could, if we do this new program or we start this new class, then they will come. Right? We've said that. Maybe I'm the only one that said that. If we do a better VBS, then they will come. If we have the newest and greatest worship music, then. They will come. If our pastor was even better at preaching, then they might come. No, that's not the basic. The basic is seek out the lost. Go and do likewise. Not go and find a program, copy it, and then your doors will be flooded with new believers. That's not seeking the lost. It's backwards. The Great Commission says to go and. To go and do these things. Go and make disciples. Go and teach them. Don't sit back and try to get them to come in. Seeking the lost is not another program. Here's another thing that we need to realize. When we're seeking the lost, we're dealing with people that don't know what we know, okay? And I know, I'm talking to... This message, if if you're a new believer and you came to try out our church today, I want to apologize. Because I know I'm talking to a church group of people that have a history here. But here's what seeking the lost is not as well. It is not more rules. Because there's a lack of understanding, because there's a lack of Bible knowledge, because there's a lack of the basics in our world we can't expect that when we go out and begin to live life with these people and we bring them back in to worship and fellowship with us we can't expect them to know the rules oh this one this one this one itches at my crawl, okay and this is why because i was raised in the church and i was a rule i am a rule follower you don't run in the sanctuary, you don't wear your hat in the sanctuary, you don't jump on the pews, you don't crawl under the pews, you don't stand on the altar, you don't do this, you don't run in the hallways, you don't do that. You don't go and bang on the piano or the organ or whatever it is. You don't do this, you don't do that. You don't do this, you don't do that. And there's all these rules and then, I get into ministry, and especially children's ministry, and we start reaching the lost in our community, and I remember specifically being in a, in a very traditional church, and we're reaching these bus kids, and these, these least of these kids, these kids, that, these kids that don't know any better. And I remember before we did this huge outreach push for them, I brought our entire church body into the sanctuary, and I sat them down on the first three rows, and I, and I told them, Seeking the lost is not about the rules. There's gonna be kids that come in here and all they need and all they want is for you to love them, for you to pick them up and accept them. They don't want you to yell at them for crawling on the pew. They don't need another rule. They don't need another thing to keep track of. Guess what? When we go and we seek the lost and we make them disciples, we begin to walk life with them, and then we teach them. We don't expect them to come in the door, sit down, and know exactly how to act in church. Here's what I'll tell you. Good behavior in church, parents, grandparents, earmuffs, okay? Good behavior in church will not get you to heaven. Reading the Old Testament and all of the laws and all of the rules, commentators tell us that it wasn't just about the 10, the 10 big ones, 613 laws that they tried to keep every single day. Ooh, I speed down Washington, I'm done. I'll admit it, there's times where I've come to work on a Friday and I'm wearing a hat in the, in the building. Sorry. My heart breaks because for us to go and to get back to the basics, it's going to be messy. It's going to be disorganized. It's going to be bloody and gross. And it's, there's going to be some rule breaking going on. And that's okay. Seeking the lost is not more rules. It's not another program. And finally, seeking the lost is not always clean and organized. Who I hate this one. If I can be honest, I like organization. I like things clean. I like things neat. I like A, B, C, D, E, F. I like order. But when that good Samaritan walked down the road, he saw a guy that was not clean and organized. He saw a man who was broken and beaten and ugly and bloody and a mess. And he got down on his knees and he got bloody and messy and disorganized with him. Sometimes seeking the lost means we've got to get out and get messy. I've asked our board this over the years. We have to decide as a church As a group of Christ followers, how messy do we want to be? I don't know about you, but I'm willing to say, God, I'm trusting you to help me get back to the basics, to seek out the lost so that no matter what their past is, no matter what they're currently going through, no matter what's happening in their world, I want to love them. I want to care for them. I want them to know they're accepted. I want them to come walk this journey with me. Because as we walk together, we follow Jesus. And he helps us. Amen? Sometimes when we start practicing the basics, it's ugly and it's messy. I want to go back to baseball for just a minute. When you're in a funk and you're in this in this place that you just can't figure it out, you start practicing the fundamentals. I don't know how many times I've taken ground balls and batted balls off the chest and off the face and I'd get done and my face is bloody and it's bruised and it's messy, my fingers are mangled, my hand is red and sore and bleeding. Why? Because I got to get back to what matters. Why? Because when we practice and we practice and we practice doing the right thing, guess what results will happen if we get back to the basics as christ followers and we decide it's not about what happens in these four walls it's about seeking the lost out and living life with them guess what the more we practice that the more we do that god is going to turn this place upside down COVID or not why because lost people need jesus broken and hurting people need the love of people who love Jesus God help us to get back to the basics lost people are hurting and broken we can't just hit baseballs at them and expect them to get it they're bloody from a the past they're broken From decisions they made that break the heart of God. They're damaged just like us. But can we bandage them up? Can we take care of their care? It might mean we gotta spend some money, it might mean we gotta spend some time. It might mean that it's an inconvenience of our lives for the sake of following Jesus. Amen? God has given us some great advice through his word this morning. And I've heard it said many different times in my walk with the Lord, the only part of scripture that you really truly believe is the part that you live out and practice. Well, how can we apply this first basic? How can we get back to the basics? This first one, seeking the lost. Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked. Here it is. It comes down to two things, and then we're finished. How to begin to get back to the basics. Number one, you've got to pray. And number two, you've got to obey. You can begin praying right now. Pastor, I'm pretty good at this. I think I got this basic down. I've, I've been practicing a long time. And every year God keeps renewing and refreshing me. I think, I think I've got this one. I want to rejoice with you. Praise the Lord. Keep it up. Keep seeking the lost and keep doing it. But here's what I still need you to do. Pray for me as your pastor. Pray for your church staff that, that we would be in 2021 committed to getting back to the basics of seeking the lost. Pray for your church board. Pray that we live out our lives as we're practicing the basics. That we follow Jesus so closely that we lead others to him by our life. And then I want to encourage you, keep praying for yourself. Begin asking God right now, speak your voice to me, God. Give me that comfort and that hope once again. You know what? You don't necessarily have to lead them through the sinner's prayer. But if you're willing to take the next step with them, God will help you. Amen? My challenge for us in 2021, as we begin this new chapter at PCN, is let's start getting back to the basics. Dream with me for a minute. Can you imagine how God could turn this place upside down if we begin to ask Him to help us to seek the lost, to seek people who are broken and bloody and damaged and hurting and to go and introduce them to our Savior. Can you imagine if we offered a kind word of an encouragement regardless of their past, regardless of what we know their history to be, And we begin to see God use us to help someone find hope and love in Jesus Christ. If we commit to taking the next step of our journey, of following Jesus by getting back to the basics, here's what it's going to do. It's going to change your life. It's going to change our church if we get back to seeking the lost. And it's going to change our community in our town. If we get back to seeking the lost. Will you begin to pray? To ask God what he wants you to do? To ask God how you can be a good Samaritan? Would you stand with me this morning? Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you so much for your love for us your grace, your, your mercy, your goodness, your faithfulness. God, I'm reminded of your gentleness. Sometimes what people need is just a gentle reminder that they're loved, that they're cared for. God, I pray that you would help us as Christ followers today. I pray that we would commit right now, this very moment, to pray. To pray. God, would you speak your voice to your people today? I know you want to talk to us. I know you want to just let us hear your voice. Would you begin to speak to us as we commit to praying about getting back to the basics? And Lord, I pray that today, if we commit to praying and seeking your face, that when you command us, when you commission us, when you send us out to live it out, would you give us the courage to obey? It's one thing to hear. It's one thing to listen. It's a whole other level to obey. God, I pray that you'd help all of us to obey your promptings today. We love you. We thank you. And we are expecting you to work and to do great things as we commit to get back to the basics of seeking the lost. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. As you go today, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a great day. Groups tonight at 6.30.